0: Broadcasting from the Center of Oddity and the Supernatural in Central Florida. It's the History Goes Bump podcast-
1: Hello, you spectacular people. Welcome to this 324th episode of the History Ghost Bump podcast. Ghost Tours for the Theater of the Mine. I'm your host, Diane. And this is Kelly. Kelly, on this episode, we're going to be going to Massachusetts. Sweet. We're going to check out Hammond Castle. Looking forward to it. This was suggested by our listener, Nicole Carterelli. And it has a great story behind it, especially when it comes to the man who built it. It's right in the wheelhouse of all kinds of paranormal stuff. Perfect. So looking forward to bringing that to everybody. Kelly, what are we drinking?
0: (laughs) So we are drinking Southern Tears Nitro Hot Cocoa Craft Beer. It's It's, pretty
1: good. It's delicious. It's a stout, which usually I'm not into porters or stouts. They're a little bit strong in flavor, a little bit bitter for me, especially because usually there's coffee involved and I don't drink coffee. But this one is smooth saline. It's very smooth, not bitter at all, really. (laughs) And it's very sweet. It's tasty. It's definitely a dessert beer. Yes, it is. And that's one of the reasons why you love Southern Tier. They make some amazing dessert beers.
0: I am a girl after sweets, for sure.
1: What's interesting about dessert beers is who would have ever put dessert and beer together?
0: True, but they have dessert wines. So... That's true. I mean,
1: I guess it was just a matter of time. (laughs) Very true. Before we get into welcoming everybody in the Spooktacular crew and talking about Hammond Castle... I did want to let people know that we're changing up some things over at Patreon for our supporters. We've been talking a lot about this HGB Losers Club on episodes in the past and telling people, you know, if you sign up at any level, you get to come in there and then you have a lifetime of being in there. Well, as we started 2020, I was looking at maybe there's some things we need to change up, some things that we're going to add to some tiers, and I'm going to be doing that. One of the things that we're going to take away is the HGB Losers Club. And the main reason for that is I feel like, Kelly, our spooktacular crew is like a family. Definitely. And I didn't like having certain parts of that family broken off into another place that was exclusive.
0: Right. We just want to be able to include everybody all the time, essentially.
1: Exactly. So that's good news for everybody because what that means is we're going to be bringing all the live videos that we do from investigations when we're talking about various things and we're going to start doing a lot more of those. Absolutely. Because we have so much fun getting to know you guys and sharing yeah. things with you. Maybe occasionally some of you will be brave enough to come on with us.
0: Yeah guys you do have to you know step forward and join us. You have that option on the Facebook
1: live. I mean we that would add be you fun. right in. Totally. Yeah it's like a party.
0: Absolutely.
1: And so we're going to be bringing all that stuff over there and getting rid of the HGB Losers Club. So if you have not already joined the Spooktacular crew at Facebook, please do so. I know there's a lot of people who don't care for Facebook, but maybe you could just sign up so you could hang out with us in the Spooktacular crew. We'd love that. Absolutely. Now, we want to welcome some new people into that Spooktacular crew. Tammy, Jenny with an IE, Peggy, Mark, Ashley And we would say this name, Jeremy in America, but he's from Quebec, which means he's French. So the way you would say his name is, I hope, Jeremy. I believe you're correct. Either Jeremy or Jeremy. And if not, we
0: apologize
1: (laughs) profusely. Hopefully we got it right somewhere there.
0: Welcome, everybody. And now, this moment in oddity.
1: The Charles Bridge in Prague was built in 1357. There are some oddities and superstitions connected to this bridge. The first has to do with a palindrome. A palindrome is a phrase, sequence, or word that reads the same backwards as it does forwards. The palindrome for the Charles Bridge is the date and time of when the original bridge stone was laid by builders. This happened on July 9th at exactly 5 31 a.m. in 1357. If you write this out with the year first, then the date with the day followed by the month and then the time, you get 135797531. This sequence was actually carved onto the stones at the east end of the Old Town Bridge Tower. The people of Prague were superstitious and believed that in doing this, they were giving the bridge a magical strength. So we don't think the timing of laying that stone was just chance. It had purpose, as did the alignment of the bridge. It was placed in perfect alignment with the tomb of St. Vitus and the setting sun on the equinox. St. Vitus was a Christian saint from Sicily who died as a martyr and is thought of as one of the 14 holy helpers of medieval Roman Catholicism. These helpers were thought to have interceded on behalf of the Catholics to protect them from the bubonic plague and other diseases. There's a statue of St. John of Nepomuk that stands on the bridge and there's a superstition connected to it that claims if you rub the plaque at the base of the statue, You can make a wish and it will be granted. The bridge has survived a lot from battles to flooding and other natural disasters. This has been credited to its superstitious and magical strength. And that certainly is odd. And here's another unique podcast I'd love you to check out. Hi, I'm Karen. And I'm Erica. And we invite you to come listen to our podcast called STAT. It's a medical-based podcast where you can come and listen to anything from medical-based serial killers to important health issues. You will also hear our stories from me as a trauma nurse and me as a paramedic. And we will tell you what it was like and the things that we experienced. Also, you will hear the most bizarre medical headlines because you got to have a little bit of a laugh now and then. If not, you'll cry. That's right. So please come listen to Stat. Stat. And you can find us on all your favorite podcast apps. And now, this month in history.
0: month of January, on the 1st in 1660, Samuel Pepys began his famous diary. Pepys was born in 1633, and even though he had no maritime experience, through hard work and patronage, he managed to work his way up to Chief Secretary to the Admiralty of the Royal Navy. What he is most known for, though, is his personal diary he kept from 1660 until 1669. This work would not be published until the 19th century and is considered an important primary source in regards to the English Restoration Period and the most celebrated British diary. The reason for this is that it thoroughly documents major events of the time from a personal point of view. These events include the Second Dutch War, the Great Plague of London, and the Great Fire of London. The diary is over a million words long and also includes scandalous details about his affairs with actresses. So it meets all the real requirements of a diary, lol. (laughs) Peeps also included things like his dislike of how crowded London had become and the annoyance of his cat waking him up at 1 a.m. We may not be able to relate to life in the 1600s, but we can all relate with a pet waking us up at 1 a.m. Hammond Castle is a medieval-style castle found in Gloucester, Massachusetts. This elaborate and whimsical structure was built by its eccentric namesake, John Hayes Hammond Jr. A drawbridge leads visitors inside where they find an indoor pool, pipe organ, and a vast collection of Renaissance, medieval, and Roman artifacts. This was not just a home, but a laboratory, because Hammond was an inventor who held over 800 patents. The interesting decor reflects the eclectic spirit of the man who lived here, but it may also still be holding on to that spirit. The ghost of Hammond is said to roam his former dwelling, but it may not be just his spirit here. There are several ghost stories connected to the structure. Join us as we explore the history and hauntings of Hammond Castle.
1: Massachusetts was named after Gloucester, England, because many of the earlier settlers came from that town. The Pilgrims had landed at Plymouth in 1620, and just three years later, Gloucester became a settlement. In that year, James I had chartered an expedition of men from Dorchester called the Dorchester Company. This group founded Gloucester at Cape Ann, and this would be one of the first English settlements that formed the Massachusetts Bay Colony. That makes Gloucester older than Boston and Salem. Kelly. Dang. And Gloucester would actually lead to the establishment of Salem because everybody would pick up and move there after finding conditions too harsh at Cape Ann. There was a lot of bad weather. The farming wasn't as good. So they dismantled everything, including their meeting house and moved it with them to Salem. Wow. They were out. But eventually they are going to go back and Gloucester would be formally incorporated in 1642 initially farming and logging would be the major industries which is surprising since fishing is what it's known for today but at that time the conditions were just too extreme you know they didn't have the deadliest catch back then
0: (laughs) That show stresses me out so bad. (laughs) I pop out new gray hairs every day watching that.
1: Oh, what those men do. I'm already like, first of all, trying not to get seasick, being rocked around like that. Oh, Lord. And then trying to work when it's freezing weather. Oh,
0: that's got you down like.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And then you're like, if these guys get knocked off the boat, and sometimes they do.
0: Yeah, I That's know. They
1: tie themselves on. I just, and my oof. youngest
0: is way into fishing and deep sea fishing. I'm just thinking, don't ever volunteer to go do something like that. Oh, I'd lose my mind.
1: Fishing wouldn't really take hold until the mid-18th century. Granite would also become a major industry for a time. Not much remains today of the early village save for remnants of cellar holes. The stone foundation and memorial altar of the Second Parish's Meeting House and former burial ground are still around off of Old Thompson Road. Gloucester's considered America's oldest seaport, and it would be here that John Hammond would build his home. John Hayes Hammond Jr.,
0: or Jack as everyone called him, was born in San Francisco in 1888. At the age of five, his family moved to South Africa for his father's work. He was a mining engineer, and he was needed for finding gold. His efforts would make him a very rich man. The family lived in England for a time where Jack fell in love with the castles. He also had an enduring love for invention that started early. He accompanied his father on a visit to Thomas Edison's laboratory in New Jersey at the age of 12, and he was fascinated by everything he saw, and Edison gave him a personal tour. He peppered Edison with many questions, and Edison was so impressed by him that he took Jack under his wing and mentored him. That would not be his only mentor, though. After Hammond started getting interested in radio waves, Edison introduced him to Alexander Graham Bell, who mentored Jack as well. He attended Yale University and graduated in 1910. One of his earliest experiments was with remote radio control, and he decided to use little model boats as the mechanisms to control. He would be named the father of radio control eventually.
1: Now, Kelly, picture this for a moment. doodle <laughs> doo <Do-do-do-do>, doodle doo doodle <do-do-do-do. laughs> Bill and Ted's, what? <laughs> this is a time before the Roaring Twenties, and you're out at the harbor, maybe walking along with your sweetheart on your arm. You look out into the harbor, and you see this little unmanned boat zipping all around. I would think it's possessed. Yeah, this is quite (laughs) a terrifying sight. And I imagine if you look over behind that tree, you'll see a rather nice looking, well-dressed man snickering as he moves a little control around in his hand. Something you have never seen before. This is what Hammond loved to do at that time. That would totally be me. (laughs) I know it would totally be you. I have no doubt. He enjoyed terrorizing people down at the harbor in this way. But oh, what joy he has brought to children and adults alike with his radio remote control.
0: Absolutely. Hammond worked for the U.S. Patent Office, where he got familiar with the process and discovered that radio was probably going to be his most beneficial area of focus, and he founded the Hammond Radio Research Laboratory on his father's estate in Gloucester, Massachusetts. He invented other things like automatic pilot, automatic stabilization by gyroscopes, and the idea of having torpedoes and missiles detonate when they were near their intended targets. The fact that we have remote controls for our televisions and buttons that change the dials on the radio are all because of him. So we are very thankful, Kelly.
1: Absolutely. Particularly because not only does it make our lives easier as adults...
0: We don't have any little fur kids with thumbs that we can say, hey, go turn the dial. I
1: know, like our (laughs) folks did to us. Go (laughs) over there and change the dial on the TV. We used to have to just sit next to the TV to flip channels.
0: Yeah, I remember sitting on the carpet right in front of it. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) That's why we have bad eyesight now. I blame my parents. I do too.
0: (laughs) He also served on the board of directors for RCA. He married Irene Felton in 1925, which might have been a little scandalous since she was a divorcee. They didn't make a big production of it, and his mother did not approve. Irene was an introvert, like us, and would often lock herself away during parties if they were crowded. Uh, I
1: can relate. Mm, I can identify <laughs> with that.
0: But she liked seances and even claimed to be psychic herself.
1: Oh yes, now we're getting into the interesting part of the Hammonds. Woohoo! On a rocky cliff overlooking Gloucester Harbor, Hammond built his dream home for his new bride, a castle. This was just down the road from his parents' place, and while mom didn't approve of the wife, dad didn't approve of the castle. Good grief, he just can't win. He can't. I guess he just should do whatever makes him happy.
0: Well, I'm all for that.
1: I mean, that's really (laughs) what we all should do, right?
0: Right, absolutely. Sometimes you just gotta do something for yourself.
1: Find your bliss. The castle would be a place where he could invent and display his vast collection of artifacts. Construction lasted from 1926 to 1929, and really, when you see this structure... I can't believe they did it in three years. Jack dubbed it Abadia Mar, which is Latin for Abbey by the Sea. We can't really place a specific style on the castle because it is really unique. The castle was built in sections and includes pieces of Romanesque, medieval, Renaissance French, and Gothic architectural styling. The grounds are beautiful and everything is a mixture of artifacts and stone with lots of iron embellishments. The towers rise 85 feet, And there's a moat and drawbridge even. That is incredible. It really does look like a castle when you look at it from the outside.
0: I mean, truly, I love that he just went with what he wanted and made it happen.
1: And the towers have almost, they almost look like crosses that are carved into them like windows. Mm -hmm. I mean, it looks like it came right out of a European book about castles. And remember, when he was a young guy... They lived over there and that's what he loved. So it's like he took this thing that he remembered from his childhood and said, I'm going to build one here. Just recreated it. That's very cool. Right in Massachusetts of all places. There's so much to see inside this place.
0: The Great Hall rises to 65 feet and served as the Hammonds living room and is home to
1: the pipe organ, which
0: starts on the first floor and rises eight stories.
1: That Can you imagine? Huge. I mean, you walk into this place, and it looks like you're walking into the great hall of a castle in Europe. I think that that
0: pipe organ is higher than Crystal Cathedral in California. Mm. I mean, it that, just that could be eight eight stories is really high. Famous organists like Virgil Fox played the organ that was in working order until 2015.
1: Yeah, they just can't pay to upkeep it anymore, so nobody I'm can play sure. it now. That just kind of sucks because yeah. it's just magnificent.
0: I mean, it's, it's startling that it even lasted that long. That's truly. true. That's a long, long run. Throughout are various implements of ancient war-like weapons and suits of armor. There are also beautiful stained glass windows, marble statuary, old wooden chairs, and benches and artwork. The guest rooms were designed by Mrs. Hammond and she decorated them with bright colors and patterned wallpaper to offset the dreary feel of the rest of the castle. Well,
1: so that's... it really does feel like a castle <laughs> in that way. It's <laughs> kind of
0: sad, though, to state
1: it that way. What's I guess. great is I watched some videos about this, Kelly, and it really is that way. You're like walking through this great hall that's all this stone. And if you imagine the different kinds of scroll work that you would see in these cathedrals and castles that's what you've got there. It's dark, it's oppressive, it's stone. And then you go into the guest rooms and it looks like any guest room in any older home with the wallpaper really? on the walls. It's oh like that's pink crazy. and white. And you're like, <laughs> this just seems so out of place. So
0: discombobulated. I don't know. I mean, some people might consider that dreary walking through an old castle like mm-hmm. that. But to me, it's appealing. I think it's so amazing.
1: <laughs> I'd love to live in something like <laughs> yeah. that. Just win the lotto. you know these rooms had another little quirk to them they had something called vanishing doors vanishing doors these doors were covered in the same wallpaper as the rest of the room and so they're hard to see save for this itty bitty little knob that serves as a doorknob
0: so almost like you turn the head on the statuary and it opens up
1: exactly (laughs) well and he did have some secret doors and hallways and things like that cool yeah i mean we have to go see this place absolutely one of the things that I thought about is you know they have all these parties there so maybe somebody's had a few too many of these hot cocoa beers <laughs> nitro beers yeah and they decide maybe I shouldn't try to make it home or they've passed out so they're passed out in one of these guest rooms how do
0: they find their way out <laughs>
1: can you- until <laughs> you wake up in the room and you're like, "Where's the door?" and you're like feeling all I'd along. Probably start wall. panicking. I'd have like
0: an anxiety attack
1: or something. <laughs> I mean, the good thing is at least there were these. You could see like a little knob on it, so I'm assuming that's how they open. Maybe not, but you know, in some of these places that have doors like that, you'd have to like push on the door and then it would kind of right. unclick and pop yeah. open. Oh my word! <laughs> I'd want to have a camera in there; it'd be a lot of fun to watch. You're terrible, <laughs> but I would too. <laughs>
0: Hammond had a laboratory here, of course, where he created many of his inventions, some of which included top-secret stuff for the Navy. These inventions included radio-guided weapons like missiles and torpedoes, and in 1921, he guided an unmanned naval battleship in Chesapeake Bay. We couldn't find the master bedroom described anywhere since it's off-limits to tours.
1: Yeah, so I can't tell you guys what that looks like inside, but I can imagine... A typical woman is not going to let her husband decorate the master bedroom.
0: Well, true. However, he did build this amazing castle. So, I don't know.
1: Well, supposedly it was a wedding gift to her. Okay. So, I'm thinking that he would have let her decorate it. So, I'm thinking it's a little bit less dreary than everything else.
0: That's disappointing, though, to not be able to see that.
1: It is. One thing I do know is that it has like a balcony that opens up onto what I'm going to tell everybody about next. And so this was up on the second level. And it was this balcony that overlooked the patio, which had their pool. And he would often dive from that balcony down into the pool. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) Mm. He wasn't afraid of heights, clearly. This patio is the highlight of the house. The Hammonds called it the patio. And this is their indoor pool area. It was built to look as though one were walking out of a church and into a medieval village built from Roman ruins. Oh my
0: gosh, that's amazing. So so you walk
1: into it and you look behind you and it looks like you've just walked out of this church. Now, the thing I want to point out, he was trying to keep this kind of idea going throughout the entire castle. Because if you recall, he dubbed it Abadia Mar, Abbey by the Sea. What's an abbey? A church. Exactly. So he wanted it to have... This thought that it was like a church so you've come out of the church and then you look up and you see all these balconies around and it was made out of all these different ruins which i have a feeling this man was very rich he brought artifacts from all around the world so he probably brought some roman stones here to build this with can you imagine i don't know that for sure but i'm thinking that's probably what happened wow now, when you look at the pool, you see that the water has a greenish hue to it. This is caused by a chemical agent that was invented by Jack. Pilots who crashed into water would use this same dye to indicate their location. I remember seeing articles,
0: like news articles mm-hmm. on that. I yeah. mean, I think they still do it to this day.
1: Probably. You put out this dye so that you're easier to see from the sky. Sure. He created that kind of thing.
0: Very cool. And so
1: he colored his pool so it had this greenish hue, I think, to kind of make it look more natural, I guess. Probably
0: more of like the Mediterranean kind of look for the ocean, I exactly.
1: guess. The lighting and climate were controlled by a thing called a sun system that was installed overhead. Now, when you look at it, it looks like you're just in a greenhouse. There's all these windows on the top of it. So you've got all these windows and everything, but there was a way that he could change the lighting so that it would give off sun even when it was cloudy outside. And then at night, he could do artificial moonlight.
0: So this was an enclosed patio? Yes.
1: Oh, my word. Yes. Yeah, so I was- mean,
0: as you're describing that, it's just my mind is blown right now. That is amazing. It's
1: like having this greenhouse inside of your home, I guess, is the way I would look at it. It's got all Sheesh. these great uh, plants and palm trees and all this greenery all around it, uh-huh. too. So it is really like you've gone outside. He's got the lighting for it. He's got the moonlight for it. And Kelly... He has the rain for it. Stop it! I am not kidding you. This was like before the rain shower was invented. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> there were pipes above as well that could cause it to rain inside, and not just mist inside. You could have it just mist if you wanted it to, but Kelly, <laughs> if you a wanted torrential downpour, if you wanted a Florida <laughs> torrential downpour, you could get that too. That's insane. That is the coolest. Yeah, can you imagine? Now, do you know if? When they're doing
0: tours of this location today, do they
1: still give examples of that?
0: Did you read anything
1: about that? I'm thinking they probably don't turn that on. I okay. don't know if it's still in working order. Yeah, I wouldn't but imagine I wouldn't think it would that they do, because just to try but, to upkeep that, I just cow. know <laughs> with humidity here in Florida, if you had that inside your house, I don't know if it well, would be really hard to upkeep something like that.
0: Hopefully they didn't use any wallpapering down in there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, they that didn't. That would be a problem. <laughs> Kelly, it doesn't stop there. The pool had this optical illusion designed into it that made it seem as though it had a shallow end at all sides of the pool. So you would think, okay, I can get in on this side. It's kind of shallow. I could get in on this side. It's kind of shallow. It was actually eight and a half feet deep everywhere. He was a practical jokester. I mean, that and hidden doors. And and I don't even know why he would have this illusion. I'm not sure if it was just something he said, let me see if I can do it.
0: Did they have security cameras back then so he could just like sit and watch on the monitor and just laugh his
1: behind off? I can tell you if they <laughs> did, he would have invented them. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> that's what it
0: sounds like. I mean, I could just picture him but wait, his butt But wait, but wait, Kelly. There's more. There's more. Oh my
1: word. <laughs> A lever could be pulled that changed the 30,000 gallons of water in this pool from fresh water to salt water. What? Come on. And wait, wait, there's more. (laughs) There is a statue in here that is supposed to be John Hammond standing with his arms raised. It looks like he's holding something. I'm not sure what. And he's in the nude. Stop it. Come on. (laughs) But Irene was practical and she said, okay, I'm fine with you putting a naked statue of yourself in our pool area where all of our friends are going (laughs) to hang out. But I insist that you cover those jewels. And so he has a fig leaf over oh, good that grief. region of his body.
0: Oh, my word. <laughs> oh, this is killing
1: me. This guy's hilarious. He, he would be so fun to hang out with. <laughs> oh, and wait till you I hear. I, there's more imagine. things to talk about with him. He's totally up our alley. Oh, lordy.
0: Hammond had written to his father. My ambition is to leave a modest but beautiful museum. I want only an authentic atmosphere, some furniture, and genuine architectural pieces. Doors, windows, etc. In cold, restrained New England, a place with the romantic beauty of the Italian and French past may prove the inspiration of many poor artists and students to come. It will give them something that I have been fortunate enough to know and enjoy. It also gives me satisfaction to think I may be able to produce something of lasting worth. While we think he's accomplished that with his castle.
1: Absolutely.
0: Jack set things in motion so that the castle would be a museum and that is what it is today hosting tours, weddings, and other special events.
1: And Kelly, I always talk about, well, if I won the lotto, I would. Can you imagine holding some kind of a dinner in that great hall for History Goes Bump?
0: I just would. It would blow my mind. (laughs) That would would be so amazing.
1: So now we've got to get millions and millions of listeners and then we'll have enough people that can chip in and we can do that. Sure. Sounds good (laughs) to me. There's so much that we love about this place and the man who built it. First and foremost, this is a castle in America. A very cool castle. Kelly, there are gargoyles and headstones brought over from Europe for outside decor. So when you're outside, he has these headstones just everywhere. It's not a graveyard. There's just headstones. He's our people. Yes, he is. (laughs) And Hammond was said to be a man heavily interested in? spiritualism so those seances that i was talking about they were hosting them because they really believed in them very cool he was a good friend of nikola tesla tesla stayed in this castle for long periods of time wow can you imagine these two inventors together and what they create what they could have come up with together i mean i can only imagine i can only imagine it just, ah, these men, it's amazing to think about their minds back in that time period where we wouldn't even fathom those kinds of things. These are things that they're writing about in science fiction and they were creating them. Exactly. And legends claim that he kept the dead body of his father down in the basement, what other people call the dungeon, so that he could attempt to reanimate it one day. Oh my God. Now that could just be an urban legend, but I could believe it with this guy. Usually with urban legends, there's a little snippet of truth always. So so maybe dad, who didn't like the castle, got to stay there for just a little bit while he was trying to figure out, how do I Possibly. bring dad back? He also had a human skull that was supposed to belong to one of Christopher Columbus's crewmen. So what happened is he takes out this sailing voyage and they follow the path of Christopher Columbus all around the world. And he stops in all these same places and he's gathering artifacts from that trip. Wow! And one of these artifacts is supposedly a skull from one of his crew members. This guy liked oddities. And it is in the house. (laughs) You can see that today in the castle. That is so neat. Jack liked collecting items from dead people because he believed these things held a bit of their spirits. And Hammond's final wish when he died in 1965 was that he would be buried beneath poison ivy so that no one could disturb him. And he loved cats. Several of his cats were buried in that same area. And at this time, they were mummified. So people say that he was buried with poison ivy and mummified cats. Oh, my gosh. Were
0: they mummified in the ground or did he have them taxidermied or mummified in some way and then
1: buried with him? I don't know. Either one is a possibility. (laughs) Oh my word. But I think it's hilarious because I could kind of go for the poison ivy so that nobody bothers my body. You would. <laughs> <laughs> his body would later be moved in 2008 against his wishes inside the cat garden, which is near the drawbridge. So I don't know if people wanted to move it somewhere where people could look at it as more of a memorial or what. But this certainly would not help to put his spirit to rest. I
0: would imagine not usually if somebody has their set place where they want mm-hmm. to be buried and you don't do that or you later move them not from what I've happy. seen yeah from what I've seen <laughs> there's almost always a haunting involved not only do people claim that he haunts the premises but there are other spirits here too In October the castle hosts a haunted house attraction which has been managed more recently by Folklore Theater Company This company tries to keep the scares more closer to the truth, finding inspiration in the real seances that the Hammonds would host at the castle. But this place is the real deal, according to the reports and claims of many people. Disembodied voices are heard. There are footsteps by unseen things. And books fly off of shelves. Jack said he would come back as a black cat, and black cats do seem to appear out of nowhere in the castle. The Hammond spirits are said to materialize often in their master bedroom. A groundskeeper supposedly died on the grounds, and one of the spirits seen in the garden area is believed to be him, and that he is still doing work in the
1: afterlife. And keep in mind that seances were being held here. So we're who all... knows what they dredged yeah, up? I mean, <laughs> and we've got another thing going on. No, not only do we have these seances that we don't know if they closed out everything properly. Right. But they've got all these artifacts from all over the world. Exactly. Including a skull of someone. (laughs) From Christopher Columbus's crew. (laughs) Clearly was not buried properly if his skull is floating around here. If you hear a jib ho. (laughs) (laughs) So there could be lots of possibilities for spirits in this castle. I would imagine. Ghost Hunters has investigated Hammond Castle. They did this in 2012 for season eight, and this appears on episode 23. Josh Gates, we love Josh Gates from Destination Truth, Expedition, Unknown. He'd live right down the road, so he joined the group. Amy Bruni and Adam Barry both heard an audible whistle. Jason, Steve, and Josh focused on the balcony area where they continued to hear voices and other noises emanating. Now, there are several kinds of balconies here, I think. I think there's some that are on the outside, and then there's that one on the inside that was near the master bedroom, so I don't know what balcony exactly they were focused on. Sure. Later, another investigator named Ashley was joined by Josh, and they went down into the basement where they witnessed a chandelier swinging wildly. That's crazy. Josh had never seen anything like it and the group tried to debunk it through a few methods and nothing could make the chandelier move. There was no air blowing in the basement and no walking from above caused the swaying. The most interesting EVP they captured sounded like it said Hammond. That's very cool. That is cool because obviously (laughs) it pertains to that. And there was a lot of back and forth, a lot of different kinds of communications. Everybody had an experience. And so this is one of those places that they said, yeah, we think it's it's haunted.
0: Hammond Castle is magical in that it's like having a real-life castle right here in America. But is the castle magical? Is Hammond Castle haunted? That That is for you to to decide.
1: decide. And Kelly, like I said, we need to go visit Massachusetts. There's so many places to see there, and this is going to be one of them.
0: Absolutely. Gosh, there's so many places we want to go to, but that's pretty high on the list.
1: Yeah, I mean, the chance to get to see, because my chances of getting over to Europe and seeing a castle are... Pretty slim. Yeah, for
0: me, slim to none, probably. So
1: this would be Work a chance all. to get in there. <laughs> we want to encourage you guys to check out our website at historyghostbump.com. And if you want to send us some feedback, you can do that at historyghostbump@gmail.com at gmail.com. And if you're not into writing emails, we get your messages over on Instagram, Facebook. You can tweet at us. We get it all. We will respond back to you. Absolutely. We love talking to everybody. So please follow us on any of those different social media. And don't hesitate to reach out. We love hearing from you guys. Absolutely. I just love the stuff that we've been getting, and we've been getting a lot of it lately. Mark and the crew had said, where to start? I'll tell you about one that followed me wherever I went at work. Place was Coolin Island off the coast of northwest Western Australia about 10 years ago. Whenever I slept, I dreamt really weird dreams, and I would often wake up to an aboriginal man in paint standing in my room. Turns out the woman in the next room was a spiritual elder from the area and they were visiting her. Wow. (laughs) That's not the weird thing. Whenever I was working on a machine servicing it, I would feel like something was watching me and I would blink and see a young girl of about five years old wearing a red night dress. She would laugh every time I swore. Wherever I worked on the island, she was there with me and she was also in the dreams. I would dream she was being taken by a crocodile and I would dive in the water and kill it and cut her out. Oh my gosh. I weird that he would have this spirit following him around in all these different things. It seems like having something attached to him almost.
0: Sounds like it. I mean, maybe, maybe he likened her father or something.
1: He said this went on for a few months. So one day I thought I'd ask the woman in the next room and before I could say anything, she said, it's about the girl, isn't it? Oh my word. <laughs> <laughs> and I replied it was. She told me the little girl was killed in a plane crash on the island 40 years earlier. And this little girl thought that Mark was funny. And so she would follow him because she felt safe with him.
0: Oh, that's very cool. Yeah,
1: this is only one story of that island. I had a couple of them, but they're only the beginning of my experience with aboriginal spirituality, but definitely not my only experience. Just one of the coolest. I can't wait to hear more. And the really cool thing is Mark had said that he is not of aboriginal descent. So the fact that he has all this aboriginal stuff going on around him is very unusual for him. Well, maybe they just feel really comfortable with him. And the other cool thing when it comes to Australia, Kelly, is I got a message over on Instagram from a listener in Australia. They just happened to find the podcast because they were looking up something on Kangaroo Island and stumbled across our episode last week. Oh, fantastic. And do you remember in that episode that I'd said something about God, please rain on this country? Right. Yes. Well, he was letting me know that uh, it's raining right now. Oh, good. And then we heard from Maddie, one of our listeners in Australia. And she said, actually, it was flooding where she was at. They were getting so much rain.
0: Well, I mean, that's kind of scary, especially in burned out areas. But I mean, thank goodness for the
1: rain. Exactly. And I said, hmm. Do you think it's a coincidence that we do an episode on Kangaroo Island and ask God to rain on it and then all of a sudden it rains? (laughs) Hello, synchronicity. (laughs) I would love to take credit for it, but I'm sure it just really happened that way. I'm sure. Then we heard from Tammy in the crew. She said, after listening to episode 11, wow, is that a long time ago. (laughs) God, what is that? Five years ago, basically. Yeah. You mentioned about the smell of cherry. Read this and tell me what you think. This is from Christmas of 1998. And Kelly, when it comes to smelling cigar smoke, the smell that everybody who smells it says that they smell is this cherry wood smoke. I've heard that often. Without fail. My father passed away September 15th, 1998. My father was a closet smoker. He thought my mom was not aware of the fact that he smoked. She was well aware and picked her battles. He wasn't allowed to smoke cigarettes, but she was fine with him smoking a pipe. My dad's favorite pipe tobacco was Captain Black Black Cherry Pipe Tobacco. I know it's not a fairly common tobacco, but it is used. Before my father passed away, our parents decided that they were taking the family to Disney as a big Christmas gift for that year. There were 10 of us that were going. My dad never made it to Christmas that year, but mom decided to follow through with the planned trip. She gave her children a Christmas card explaining the Christmas gift. We all opened the cards at the exact same time. And at that very moment, we all smelled my dad's pipe tobacco. That is so amazing. Wow. That's wow. super special. Which he never smoked in the house we were in. So that was a strange coincidence. So it's not like some kind of residual smell caught in the curtains or something. Right. We all looked at each other. And at the exact same time, we all asked if the other smelled dad's tobacco. We all said yes, but none of the in-laws or grandkids could smell it. So it was just his children Aww, who could smell it. Very
0: interesting. So special.
1: We're all convinced that he was there that day and made his presence well known to his immediate family. Definitely. Man, do I love those stories. Yeah, I do too. And I wrote back to her and of course, the spectacular crew all said the same thing. No coincidence. Your dad was actually there. If this was a big thing they had planned, there's no way he's going to want to miss that.
0: Yeah, definitely So I, I have not. no doubt he
1: was there for that. And I told her, I have no doubt that he wasn't on that trip with you guys. Right. I'm and, sure he was. Uh, she commented back to me that from the start of the trip, she knew he was there too. Oh, so that's different so different cool. things must have happened that made them all feel like he was there with yeah. them. Yeah. So very cool. Thank you for sharing that with us, Tammy. We know stuff like that's hard to share. So. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you. If you guys have stories to share, please do so. We We love love, them. We love it. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, we want to thank you all for listening to this episode. I've been your host, Diane. This has been Kelly. You take care now. Bye-bye. This episode has been brought to you by our executive producers. Dispatches from the Grave Digger. We want to thank Colleen Golden for giving us another donation. We greatly appreciate that. We also want to thank Connie Moreno for... Increasing your donation, you are going to be moved under a marble headstone. And we want to welcome into the cemetery, Elia Cummins. You're going to be buried under a marble headstone. And Tim Kemble, you're going to be put in a garden, Tim. Thank you so much, everybody.
0: Your contributions really help keep the podcast going, so we definitely appreciate it.
1: Be sociable. Drop the chain rattling. Neckbark and shape-shifting and join us on Facebook
0: and Twitter at History Goes
1: Bump. Like the page and follow us.
0: father on a visit to thomas
1: edison, edison. <laughs> he
0: accompanied <laughs> now i can't even read it all
1: <laughs> this is what happens when we drink beer <laughs> <when we're>
0: <laughs> <recording>. <laughs> okay ready <laughs> he accompanied his father on a visit to thomas edison's li- well, library really? library
1: laboratory Jeez, what's the please? difference holy crud but is the Kajic,
0: is the Kajic, <laughs> is the Kajic magical, is the camel magical, is the,
1: <laughs> do camels spit? I do
0: yes they do. <laughs> but is the castle magical? Is Hammond Castle, why can I not talk? I'm not both. You're not? I'm not. I, well, maybe I am. That's
1: a 10 ABV. You've had
0: more than I have. Okay. Is Hammond Castle Haunted?
1: It was placed in perfect alignment with the tomb of St. Vetus. 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 Vita. 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 Vita.
0: Vita. 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 What's Lucy drink? Vita. <laughs> <she's> <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. That's exactly where I was going. <laughs> so, why don't you join the thousands of happy, happy people and get a great big bottle of. Might have made a midgeman. Remember that name. Might have had a